Hello and welcome to Indie Bandwidth, an alternative music podcast. Uh, actually, this is Indie Bandwidth, the father-son podcast. I would argue this is an alternative music podcast that happens to be recorded by a father and son. Fair enough. I'm the father. And I'm not. All right. So, welcome everybody. <laughs> oh, and the father-son dog podcast, we okay. forgot to mention. Yeah. Uh, so, um, we decided to make this podcast, and uh, this will be our first episode of what hopefully will be a long series... Uh, because against all odds, we happen to share a lot of the same musical tastes. Which also, ironically, happens to be musical tastes that many other people don't share. That's right. So hopefully there's some of you out there who, who actually will, uh, will like this. I mean, will like the music. Will like the music and enjoy the music that we cover. That's right. That's right. And talk about. That's right. Now, I mean, I have to say personally, this is amazing for me because I also don't have anybody else in my life, really, that likes the same music, mm-hmm. right? And this is all music, not all of it. Some of the Most music of we're going to be starting with, at least, is music from when I was not quite a teenager, but maybe like in my 20s and college and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and when you started to really get... Now, of course, I played a lot of this music as you were growing up. Which also allows a lot of this music to have a weird nostalgia factor for me because a lot of it reminds me of when I was really young because I was hearing it all around the house and everything. Yeah, which is interesting, right? Yeah. To have nostalgia as a 14-year-old <laughs> is pretty crazy. But you never got that into it when no. you were younger. But it probably, I'd say, it was about a year ago. About, like about a year and a half ago. About a year ago when I started really getting into this music. Right. What do you feel like was the first of the bands that I I introduced you to that you really got oh, most heavily uh, into? For sure. <laughs> for sure. Not for sure. I don't know what that word is. Um, Stephen Malcolm's and the Jicks. Um, the album Wig Out of Jag Bags is when I've really discovered like this this whole uh, genre of music and when I started really getting into it. Although I would say, just to put it back even a little bit earlier than that... Um, I, I think they might be giants as indie music to a degree. Yes, and you got into sure. them pretty hard first before. Definitely, but, but then I, it was definitely. But Steve I feel Malcolm's. like what le- what led me into some of the other bands I'm exploring now and really getting into was definitely through Stephen Malcolmus. That's right. That's right. So some of the bands that we'll be covering on here are going to be you know we just mentioned Steve Malcolmus, who of course traces back to Pavement, which Pavement. will be the one of the bands will one be the, the band that we're covering today. That's right, the Uber uh, indie band, right? Yeah. But we'll be going into other territory, too, although we'll deep dive into a number of their albums, if not all of them at some point. But No Means No, that's another no big Means one. No Means No is right? a great, super awesome, really obscure punk band. And you'll have heard them a little bit already, because yeah. now is one of their seminal songs, and that opens up our podcast. So yeah, thank so you to No Means No for the erstwhile use of that song. Uh, what other bands do you think we might cover? Um, oh, jeez. Uh, there'd be giants I'd like to cover. Yeah, me too. Estratosphere. Uh, Beck. Beck. Secret Chiefs 3. Secret Chiefs 3. Um, 
I want to do some tall dwarves. We'll get into there. And silver you, Jews. Silver Jews. I'd love to cover silver Jews. That's right. So as you can hear, listening audience, all <laughs> one, two, three of you out there in, yeah. in podcast land, um, these are some deep cuts we're going to be going into. And Definitely. And we, we'd like to branch out and do some slightly more popular uh, indie bands to cover at some point, but we're definitely going to start out with some of the bands that we know and love. That's right. So what are we going to start with today, Parker? So today we're going to start with uh, Pavement's first album, Slanted and Enchanted. Just one of the best albums of all time. Absolutely. And so just to talk about the format really quick, we're going to just talk about the album, talk about each song individually a little bit, and then I think give our closing thoughts on it. That's right. That's right. So a brief little history. I don't want to go too in-depth to the history because that's not necessarily what we're going to be doing in this podcast, but this album came out around 1991 uh and i believe it first came out on drag city and then matador picked it up i could be a little bit wrong about that but in any event uh Um, april 20th 1992 see there you go look at that now for me personally my history with this album uh, my best friend russell who introduced me to much of the music that still lives with me today handed me a cassette tape when we were back home from college in the summer of 92 and said, you have to listen to this right now. So I took it home, listened to that album, and it blew my stuff off. You know what I'm saying? I could not believe how great this stuff was. Now for you, this was not your favorite, no. or you didn't even like this Pavement album Yeah, when first. I got, when I first started listening to Pavement, I liked their later stuff. And I, I didn't really, I couldn't really appreciate like this side of payment and then as I, as I listened to payment longer it, it was only actually like must have been like three months ago when I really discovered this album and now it's one of my favorite pavement albums like no question it's like it's definitely a contender for against Wowie Zowie at this point like it's it's a really amazing album it's one of my favorites of all time right it's captures to me that sense of uh, sitting around and uh, and making music in your basement, as if the best possible um, version of that you could ever have. Yeah, so it definitely captures like that that very like young creative energy. It's just like the, it's some of the most pure pavement. It feels like it's just it's very new. It's very like open. They didn't really let anything. They didn't hold anything back. It's very raw. That's right. That's right. You, this will kind of, to me, overarch all of our discussions about pavement, but I've heard other people say this, but when you came to me and said this on your own, it made me realize that you really got the music. You said to me once, I don't know if I have the exact words, pavement's a band that it always sounds like the song is just on the verge of completely falling apart, but it never does. And that to me is the beauty. Some people might hear that and think, well, that sounds like a lousy band, but it's not. It's amazing because of that. What right, else about yeah. what is it about pavement for you that that you really like? It's kind of hard to describe. Just it, it brings me like a sense of joy. I love the I love the intricacies within like within the songs. Like in the songs, there's the instruments. Sometimes the guitar will have just a slight detour of notes that that you that you won't hear unless you're listening for it. When you listen for it, it's so small. It's such a minute detail, but it. it in the overarching picture of the song, you don't hear it, but it really, like, it, it's there. There's just there's so much going on in each of their songs. And the lyrics have a weird way of, they don't really tell a story, but they, the lyrics do weird things. Malcolm has a weird way with lyrics. Agreed. 
Agreed. It's almost like his lyrics are another instrument sometimes, right? They're not trying to convey that kind of meaning. It's like a different, you have to let him hit you in a different way. There are very little songs uh, that Malcolmus has written with cohesive stories to them. Right. There are a few. There are a few, but they're they're more rare than uh, songs with um, quote-unquote nonsense lyrics. Right, right. Well, let's uh, let's start getting into that a little bit, and yeah. we can pick that apart a little bit. And we'll start with uh, the first song off the album, which is called "Summer Babe," and it's Winter actually version. called. I was going to say it's called "Summer Babe Winter Version," and that's because they recorded like an earlier, like probably like an EP with "Summer Babe" on it, they and did. now it's just "Summer Babe," and this is sort of like a quote unquote remaster of it. That's right. And that other version does end up on uh, West uh, yeah. Westing Westing by uh, Sextant and Musket. Musket and Sextant. Musket and Sextant. That's yeah. right. Um, but anyway, so let's take a second and we're going to listen to a few bars of that and then we'll come back and with the guitar and then also um it's slightly more subtle but it, it's got a very like sort of uh hmm, trying to think of the right word the bass line the bass line is, is is it goes along with the guitar very well it's uh man i can't think of the a right, right right word to describe the bass line in this song it's a hard it i find these guys to be pretty hard to describe they're pretty unique now in a sense like there's a lot that feels familiar about them these days because a lot of bands have come, grew up on pavement and so have taken, incorporated parts of their sound. And this is not going to be, I'm not going to dive into the history of that, of which bands have taken from them and all that kind of stuff, but there's something recognizable about it, but this was really foundational for a lot of indie music. And this song in particular is a indie rock masterpiece. For sure. This this is... Summer Babe, in many ways, I think is indisputably their breakout song. Right. Is their song that, not I can't say got them got them on the map because they were never really on the map, but this is the song that told people like, oh, this is that band. That's right, and it's on a lot of uh, uh, top you know five hundred songs of all time lists for Spin Magazine and Rolling Stone and stuff like that. Like it's definitely a song that's recognized, and I love the lyrics to this song. This song is really. As close, almost in a way, as Malcolm's is going to get to talking about that feeling of kind of having summer love back when you're in high school and stuff like that. Um, but it's so weird that it's only as Malcolm's could describe it. Yeah. And the song sort of, uh, not as much as other songs do on this album, but it, it starts off with somewhat of a clear song structure to an extent, um, and then it slowly sort of descends into doing different things. Like, it, it, it's the kind of song that many songs on this album don't have a chorus. And this is something that Malcolmus does a lot in Pavement, is he, he won't write a chorus. It'll just be verse to verse, and then a, sometimes a repeating chorus near the end, but it's not in the beginning right. at all. Right. It's like, there's, there's like, it's just like, 
there's different sections of the songs, and none of the sections have a chorus to them. That's right. But I think we can both agree this song is an absolute this, masterpiece. This song is a masterpiece. It is just it's a fun song to listen to. It just makes me happy to hear it. It's yeah, such a great song. I agree. There's something to me very melancholy about it, and yet happy at the same time. Yeah. Which to me, frankly, kind of captures that feeling of uh, you know late high school, early college, hanging with your buds, having the kind of a summer fling, and yet also a feeling of sort of hopelessness underneath it uh, that you kind of get in that time in your life. Anyway complete masterpiece so now let's move on to the next song let's uh play a bit for you and then we'll talk about it second song on the album and this is also one of my favorites this is a song that i used to not really like and it's definitely a song that i've grown to appreciate and like a lot more more the more times i listen to it i listened to it recently in preparation for um this episode of the podcast and i was just like wow this song that's really good yeah like just the guitar the guitar like opening it does it changes a lot and it's really great that's right and i think you can hear Scott Cannonberg, or Spiral Stairs, as he's known, Spiral Stairs, yeah, um, singing the the kind of verse behind him a little bit. I yeah, think you that's, can. Yeah, I think that's Th- his that's, voice. Uh... Um, and this this one kind of has a poppy feel to it, right? Um, to me, there are these songs that are really well crafted and almost poppy on this album. And then we'll hear coming up some of the songs that are definitely more punk rock. Yeah, which I, I I honestly think that I enjoy the more alternative rock side of this and the punk rock side of Pavement. Right, and I love the punk rock side uh, yeah. a lot, but this song has a good balance. It's almost like moving from Summer Babe and giving us a taste of what that other bit I, of Pavement is I can't remember be like. what the next song is. I th- Let's actually see really quick. I don't, I'm not going to talk about it because we'll talk about it in a second. Uh, the next song is a punk rock song. Right, although it's a good one. It's It's... Well, I like it. But anyway, we'll get there in a minute. It's okay for me. So, Trigger Cut, um, there there are no there are no radio singles on this album. Yeah. Summer Babe was as close as you'd ever yeah, get. Definitely. But uh, Trigger Cut is another one that it's got enough of a hook and enough uh, kind of a pop sensibility uh, that you could almost put it in that category in terms of this album, not on its own necessarily. And, and this is one of the first songs on this album that you, if you haven't listened to Payment before... And I think just a quick disclaimer, I think we should probably say this at, for every episode, listen to the album. Oh, yeah. Just listen to the album. If you haven't listened to this album, first of all, w- what the heck is wrong with you? And I, second, yeah, yeah, listen to this album. I think we're going to play small clips of each of the songs. We are. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we're not going to play all the, the full no. song of each song, and you really need to experience it. It's a great album. It's a great listen. Yeah. It's only like 39 minutes or like 40 minutes. Yeah. And and to me, this song, it's it's very easy to me to pick out the lyrics to this song. Yeah. And a perfect example of of what Malcolmus does with words. I mean, yeah. lies and betrayals, fruit-covered nails. Like, what does that mean? Because fruit-covered nails, at first, right. for a long time, I have to admit, this is embarrassing for me, I always pictured it was so abstract that he was actually talking about nails that you'd pound in that were, like, covered in fruit. But, of course not. He's probably talking about nail polish 
like, you know, colored like fruit, lies. He's talking about a girl again, right? This is a song about a girl in a sense. Lies me trails, fruit, you know, fruit covered nails. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you understand the song. It's the way that he, to me, here's what's a genius about Malcolmus. He puts short phrases together that just spin my head around. It's not the entire right, song. Yeah. When we get into No Means No, I'll talk about how lyrics, an entire song with the lyrics can right. floor me. But Malcolmus is like the bite size. He was made for Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Like he's his, his got these little bits of lyrics that are like, where did that come from? Where does that turn of phrase even That's, come from? His lyrics are, can be, in most of his songs, can be very, very clearly divided into small sections. Right. Usually... Um, in, in like three or five words, usually it's it's very short, very short little bites of words that together make something, but alone are sort of just nonsense. That's right. But somehow together <laughs> makes Shoot. something even better than than what it would have been in the past. And we just had a, a, an injury on set, so we're gonna pause, and I think we're gonna go into the third song. So hold on, here it comes. <laughs> song remembered don't actually hate it it I well, I never hated it but it it's it's very punk rock this is a very punk rock song it and it's another one of those songs that doesn't follow a clear cohesive song structure nope and it has these these sections of pure unadulterated uh, unadulterated punkness right where he's right. kind of doing his Malcolmus screech which I love the Malcolmus screech especially on this album it's such an iconic screech especially right? on this album yeah. it's really great and um, and then there's a, a chorus or some verses that um, are, are actually kind of beautiful and, and have a, a definitely more of a kind of a straightforward structure but punctuated by that raw energy that just kind of comes out of nowhere um, yeah and a really great opening, I think. Like a kind of intense it, opening. It's just, it, it, the, it just, the song opens with some light guitar, drums, and him screaming. That's right. Basically. But this, to me, is the, is the after a one-two punch of two kind of great poppy songs, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's show you what else we got up our sleeve. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I love this song. And again, lyrics, crazy, but wonderful. I actually went to a lyrics sheet. Uh, lyric site the other day to read all the lyrics for this album and I'd been mishearing so many of them. <laughs> so that, many lyrics. That's something that Malcolm's you do is you just mishear a lot of his lyrics. Yeah. and Gra- Grounded's a song where it's very hard to pick out the lyrics of that song. We'll talk about that song much later. That's yeah, my that's favorite, in a different but... different album but that's a, that's different a album, also genius painted. song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in any event, alright, let's go on to the fourth song on the album. Treat it like an oil well When it's underground, out of sight And if the sight is just a horse sign Can it make enough sense to me? So, In the Mouth of the Desert. Probably my favorite song on the album. It's so good. It is so good. I, um got to see him play this live and I'm sorry you didn't we'll talk I, about that show at some yeah, point I, w- I was going to see it live and they replaced it with another song great song great we replaced song. it with um, um, classic but. but this was a great song to see live I saw it live not as Pavement but as Malcolm's 
Yeah. Sometimes now when he tours as Malcolmus, he'll play pavement songs. Um, anyway, this song, it starts off like with with a real kind of jangly intro in a way. It, and it's, it's, like some, it's like some like muted, muted guitars. They're, they're very light. And then it and then it comes in with the second guitar that uh, like does a balancing riff to that. And then it comes in with, I think, some light bass and then the drums. And then that's when the song, and that's when, and then, and that's when the volume picks up on the guitars. That's right. And just sort of launches into it. He starts singing, and his voice in the song is perfect. It's so good. It is just, it is like a beautiful song to listen to. It really is a beautiful song, and lyrically, I find this song to be beautiful as well. I think it's, it's really it's amazing. It's a song that I, I haven't been able to find meaning in the lyrics, but the way the lyrics are structured just has meaning in itself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He has a way of conveying, conveying that, a way of conveying meaning yeah. without you having to find it necessarily comprehensible. Um, I think this song is absolutely gorgeous. It's a genius song. It is a genius song. We've been saying that a lot, haven't we? But, yeah, but it's kind of true. Song, this song, I feel like, in my mind, surpasses Summer Babe, Trigger Cutter, any of those. No, I agree. This is definitely my this favorite is, song on the album. This is a ballad. I think it's one of the closest songs to a real, like, Malcolm's ballad that you have on this album. It is so, so good. Conduit for Sale, which I adore this song. This song makes my ears don't feel so good. <laughs> I'm going to go on, on the record here on the podcast and say that at some point in the future, six months, a year, this is going to turn into one of your favorite songs. I've seen that happen to you before, and I think that might happen okay. with this one. <laughs> okay, well, it, it's just a song that I don't, I don't get it. So I don't get the song. <laughs> Here's what I love about this song. First of all, the the part, the I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. Every time I saw this live, it was always um, Nastanovich, the one guy who just beats on a cowbell the whole time, yeah. who I love Bob. Um, he would sing that part, right? It was never Malcolmus. On the album, of course, it's Malcolmus. What I love about this song, I went through and looked through the lyrics, and it re- this is a story song. Like, this is a song that tells a story, conduit for sale, about... Someone trying to get people on board, in a sense, this is my interpretation, anyone, get, uh, anyway, getting people on board with living in those parts of the country that are between two other parts. So what's between here in Sacramento? Nothing. But these little towns would pop up here and there, these little conduits, and the conduit was for sale, and it's about this kind of grifter trying to get people into loving to live in those places. I mean, I can understand myself liking the song for the lyric, for the lyrics or whatever, or that story, but... It's very hard for me to by choice listen to the song just because of how I, I love punk rock, but this is a little like too screamy for me. Yep, and that's what I love about it. Malcolmus almost in the sing in this song almost never sings. The whole thing is almost like a spoken word poem. He's either screaming or he's or talking just sort yeah. of quietly. Yeah, I I love it. I love it to death, and I could listen to the song a bazillion, bazillion times. Okay. All right, so next song. Don't hold them in me. You think it's easy 
Turkish Stained. What do you think of this one? I, I love the Turkish Stained. It's a great song. Um, I love sort of the, all the off-kilter guitar. It feels like a little attitude, and I, I just love the guitar melody. This is one of the few songs I've been able to convince one of my friends to listen to. Is that right? Um, they said they liked it. I have not yet been able to convince them to listen to another Pavement song off this album, but... It's a hard, this, it's, this is a hard one to introduce people to, this right. album, for it's, sure. Well, it's sort of hard for me to introduce any music to anyone. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that's a different story for a different different episode. Yeah. I, I love this song, too. And the way that you, you stated it, the fact that the guitars almost sound out of tune, I totally get that. It's almost like it's things are It's a weird melody. Not it's, quite... it's, not, it's not your standard chords. That's right. Well, one thing we should note about this album is that none of this album is standard chords. He actually is Good. famous yeah. for having a very strange tuning yeah. that is not typical. I forget. It's not just tuning, but there's. I, for, I think he is tuned after a particular mode. I can't remember what it is. But it makes it incredibly difficult for all of us armchair guitar players over the years who've tried to pick up and play his songs. You can't, not unless you know what they're tuned, or at least it's very difficult, unless you know his tuning. I've never heard that term before, armchair guitarist. Well, there you go. I what does literally that mean? play in a guitar. It means someone who just kind of goofs around and tries all to right, pick yeah, stuff yeah. up on their own. I get that. Um, but I love this song, and it's this is very not punky. This song is very much back in the sort of pop wheelhouse in a certain sense. Yeah, it's, sense. it's a little bit mellower, and that's one of the things I love about the song. It, it's definitely sort of a very contrasting to the previous song. Exactly, it's a nice uh, ramp off. It shows to me the genius of his sequencing in putting these songs together on the there, album. There is good sequencing in this album. It's not the best album sequencing. Well, I think it's great. I, I think it's I think it's great up until uh, I think the next song after this, where it where I think there could be some tweaking. But well, let's uh, let's ramp up into that then. Chesley's Little Wrists. Which, yeah. Which, I, I love it, but it's not my favorite song on the album. It seems it's sort of incidental really a in a way. Song. I, I don't know if I can call it like a, a full song. It's not a full song. It's like a little bridge soundbite palette. It's a sketch. A, a song sketch. A song sketch. Which is a lot of what they had on um, on Westing, on the Westing album. There are some like full good songs on Westing. Though. There are. Baptist Black Tick and Box Elder and Box stuff Elder, like that. That's but, a great song. Right, but... Um, so yeah, this is a good little palate cleanser, but it's not one that I would sit down and tell someone, "Hey, you should listen to this. This is good pavement." No, so yeah, it's not like it's, that. it's not like that. It does, yeah. it, but I think it does a great job of bridging the gap from Zerg Stained to the next song. Because Loretta Scars, here's a bit of that. That's a song I enjoy. I, yeah. It's not my favorite. I enjoy it. It's, it's a good song. It's, it's a good one. Yeah, and and um, yeah, it's to me, it's the the chorus, the from now on I can see the sun with just the really 
fuzzed out guitars in the background. You can oh, almost right. I'm, not... I'm now just remembering that it has a really powerful, very sing, like a melodic chorus. Yeah. And from now on, I can see the sun. Yeah, he and just it, it, shouts and it, that. And it starts out somewhat punk rock. Yeah. And then it goes very much into melodic song during the chorus. Yeah, but with, but with a wall of fuzzy guitars behind it. The guitars it. are very purposeful and strange in the song. They are, and yet you, if you listen carefully, you can really hear some neat stuff happening in there, and there's actually mm -hmm. a pretty good guitar solo in this one as well, which is not the case for all the songs. As famous he be, as he became later for kind of shredding guitar solos here and there, this album kind of only has a few of them. Most of it, to me, is just really great, somewhat intricate, but wall of fuzzy guitars layered over each other in really interesting ways. And this one has a really good balance of that, I think. Should we go on to the next song? Um, or anything yeah. else you want to say about Loretta's Scars? I mean, not really, except for, yeah, the guitars um, definitely have a very specific fuzz to them. Yeah, it's just it's a great song. Great, great instrumentals. That's one thing you can yeah. very definitely say about it. The opening has a interesting sort of melody. Yeah, for sure. Alright, let's move on to the next song. Hold on. I was Here it comes. your impressions of it um it's another mellow song even mellower i'd say than zirka stained probably the mellowest song probably on the, the mellowest song one of the mellowest payment songs period yeah um which is very surprising seeing as how there it was during their earlier more punk rock era yeah of pavement but his voice on this is gorgeous yeah and and he this is a song that i haven't really looked up a lyric sheet or anything for it but it tells some sort of weird uh puzzle piece type story it's beautiful i think this was actually the song that i played first for your mom when we started dating and i wanted to get her into pavement because i felt like it was the one that had the best chance of her not running away from it entirely right uh, and she liked this song a lot um so it certainly has a lot of um special feelings for me yeah um during the chorus two of the choruses i think they sing the chorus three times i think in this song during the first two i believe one of the other band members sings, along with Malcolmus. I believe it's Spiral Stairs in this song. Yeah, I think so. I, I think, believe so. Yeah. Um, and I think that adds a lot. It has just a nice, calm, mellow guitar. Some just very, very light drums. You don't even notice the drums very much unless you're listening. Yeah, uh, it's a very spare fun. song, right? Unlike a lot yeah. of the other ones that have a wall of guitars. It, it puts the focus on the vocals, That's which right. is something that Malcolm doesn't do a and lot. And a really clean, simple guitar behind it. Very much. Yeah. <laughs> very much clean, simple. Yes, very much clean, simple. Good way to describe this song. Yeah, good grammars. <laughs> All right, which leads us into a song, I believe, next that is not so clean and simple, which no. is... Uh... Two oh, two states. All right, here comes some two states.
It's it's an interesting one. It's one that um, I don't know who else sings on this song. Someone else sings on probably, this song. Uh, Spire, probably Spiral probably Spiral Stairs. Probably Spiral Stairs. I think it's the only ones that were really playing on this album are him and yeah. Spiral Stairs and Doug Young. Gary Young, sorry. Gary Young. Doug Young. Um, so, I love this song. It's so simple. It's, Do you know it's what it's very about? Simple. Uh, I, you've told me before, and I don't remember. So, it's about the enmity between Northern California and Southern California. Oh. And it's about wanting to break the state into two states. Or about how there are two states, right? North and South... 40 million daggers, people getting really mad at one another from the north and the south. They have a couple of songs like this. There's another one on uh, Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain, that's about the difference between north and south. Um, north and south? California. California? Exactly. Northern and southern California. What's their song on the on Crooked Rain? We'll talk about that when we get to well, Crooked Rain. I can't remember the what the name of it is because I'm bad at these names. Um, but it's the one, down through California over oh, the bay. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, uh, you know that one. I can't remember the name yeah, of it. Let's not digress okay, right well, there. That's not good podcast. Yeah, um, that, that, but, that's not good podcasting. No, but we'll talk about that when we get there, because that's that song. I love that song to death. Mm-hmm. But this song I really like a lot, and it's really a, kind of just straightforward rockabilly song. About, yeah. And it's got kind of a slow little guitar riff, even though it's a bit punky as well. But again, to me, this is a good palate cleanser in between the more melodic ballad-like songs on this album. Yeah. All right, so now let's move into our next song. Perfume um, hyphen V. It could be Perfume V. Um, but I've always thought five, but what the hell do I know? <laughs> yeah. I think he says Perfume V at some point in the song. Maybe. He might. He might. I think he says Perfume something at some point in the song, and I think it's, he says V. To me, this contains one of the lyrics that best demonstrates his wordplay, which is, she's got the radioactive and it makes me feel okay, because it's taking the word radioactive, which you just think of, oh, something's radioactive, but it also he's saying she has the radio turned on, right? Like someone has the radio turned on, right. but it's also radioactive at the same time. And he gets these lyrics often that mean two things at the same time. And so your brain yeah. has to straddle those two things, and it puts me in a real interesting state. I just love that about him. This song has one of the, the neatest, just most very appeasing melodic choruses. Yeah, because it goes in from like uh, somewhat darker tones in how mm-hmm. he's singing the vocals, and then it like makes sort of a um, melodic switch from Absolutely. like from some darker, more like I don't want to say depressing, but sort of like more. Give me. No, it's it's like it's like some like more darker themes of the guitars and the bass and yeah, the drums, and then, it, and then it perks up. Absolutely, that the chorus and of or the the the. Parts of this melody, yeah, they have a real sort of minor key aspect almost. And I love the melody yep. of the chorus and just and then the it verses. gets bright in the yeah, and then it gets bright. It has a real like contrast. It's it's such a great song. It's it's, it's when you start it off, I I remember always thinking it's going to be one of the punk songs when I turned it on, which all, which which often actually makes me 
choose a different song. But when right. I, if I take the time to listen farther in, it's a really just great another sort of melodic ballad. That's right. Although again, a melodic ballad with a wall of fuzzy guitars. Yeah. In it, right. Like it's just a full-on onslaught of fuzzy guitars. And the guitars in the song do so much they for really his do. voice. They really, really do. Super, super great. All right, let's move on to almost one of the last songs, but not quite. Then throw a pass out the gold, a diamond watch the last reward. All the things we hid before, you sold us out and took it all. Headborn cries from Zenith sluts, asshole rides from dead end ruts. And these ends are sick and was, and these ends were sick and was. This Which, with, let's just take a minute for the title, Fame Thrower. I mean, that's one of those little lyric bits I was talking about that's just brilliant. Pretty much every time I read it, I first, I just in my head say, say uh, flamethrower. Of course. But it's fame, fame thrower. thrower. I'm a fame thrower. Yeah, really, really good. Yeah. Um, I love how this song, again, starts off more punky, but... Um, the guitars in the song, again, very fuzzy, but they sound very electric. Very. And this song is not afraid to be discordant. Like, it, no, it has not, some not stuff in it means. that's like, ooh, that is not melodic, but it all works for me. The, all, all works for something me. Something about my perception of music is, I I personally think that there there's um, that things that you might say are unmelodic. And especially in pavement, have a very melodic quality to them. Yes, absolutely. They and add to the melody. This song is a good example of that. It's also an so- example to me of a song that no other band could have written this. Like right. it does not follow any convention that I absolutely know of. Anyway, not. I mean, I'm not a musical expert, but this song just defies every ounce of convention. And when I first heard it, I just thought, "Where did this come from? Like, where does this even grow out of?" It's it's another song. Uh, very similar to oh geez what was the song that we previously just pl- previously just played I cannot remember Loretta Scars Lor- what's it I don't think it's Loretta Scars um let's let me just look at the song list I have pulled up real quick Perfume V it again like Perfume V um it it the melody changes uh, that's right in contrast to the verses that's right. Really good and completely undefinable in my in my view. Yeah, it does it does a lot of weird things with instruments and with vocals. That's right. That's right. All right, we're in the home stretch here, and now we're going to move on to our next song, which is let's see, Jackals, False Grails, colon the Lonesome Era. Another crazy cool title. All right, here we go. I've got Jackals, uh, apostrophe, no, no, comma, comma, the lost grit, no, lot. I can't even, <laughs> can't even it. say it. It's a mouthful, but that that song mouthful. is really crazy. I feel like this is one of the most experimental songs on the album. First of all, um, most of the, most of it's just instrumental guitars. That's right, that's right, and some bass, 
of course. Um, one lyric they kind of repeats over and over again, what and then it, I, like, I've got one. Only. I've got only one. I've got one only life to give. I've yeah. got one only life to live. I think he kind of bounces back yeah. and forth between those two things. Um, I, this is one of the songs that I think started, or one of the first songs where you hear a clear example of one of the tropes that Malcolm uses a lot, especially in his newer stuff. Um, which which is that like at the end of the song he doesn't have a clear end it falls apart at the end this one definitely falls completely the, the guitars apart. like they fade out and they come back in and it just the song descends sort of into madness as, yep. the, as the song fades yep. out and it's made up of a bunch of disparate elements that somehow all work together but kind of play against each other yeah they they play against each other and work together again until the end until they like stop working together they right. just can't work together anymore and they and they just let it fall apart. But what I love about that is it falls apart and comes into one of the most beautiful songs and spare songs on the album. It's like he drops everything on the table, just lets it fall there, and then picks up the three shiny pieces that are left to make this absolute genius of a clip. won't sink my soul I've dreamt of this but it never comes but it never comes the horizon the nature's dry alright so that was our singer the closing to slanted and enchanted and a brilliantly beautiful spare pared down song to end this with right he doesn't end this with some crazy operatic power ballad full of the fuzzy guitars we've heard no, everywhere no, else no. no he leaves us with a very pared down song it's very chilling at times because his this is another one of those songs that the way he, uh it's arranged his voice is what shines through that's right the, the guitars are at times absent yeah. There are times when the guitars cut out, and when there are guitars, it's usually one pair. The drums are always there, but they're just there to provide some sort of tempo, which his voice doesn't follow. That's right. He, he's singing. It, it, it's, sort, it's like pseudo-singing. <laughs> it is sort of like pseudo-singing. And um, he still he gets, not, that, not the screech, but he puts a lot of, there's emotion. A lot of emotion and passion in this song, for sure. Really great way to end the album. And it ends, actually, with... Repetition. He just pounds that same note, bong, like twenty times. It feels like before it finally fades out. Fades out, and it's just done with a little nice little drum drum riff from uh, from Gary Young to to take us out. But I just thought this was a brilliant way to end the album. Right? Uh, he could have ended it on one of the fuzzy masterpieces, but chose to end it on this one. And again, to me, it goes back to the genius of the sequencing. I I, I honestly don't think that this song could have been anywhere else in the sequence of the album no i agree it had to it, end it, it. Ha- it had to be at the very end it had to end it so overall buddy what are your impressions of this album where do you rank it amongst the rest of pavement for you it's i think it's tied with grounded at first at my favorite pavement album well, grounded no, is not gr- an album shut, darn, shoot um <laughs> wowie zowie 
Which it's, is so different, right? It's in a way, so different, because that's, that's one of their... I know you would disagree with this, but I think it's one of their cleaner albums. No, I don't. I think it is. You Well, you've talked to me how it's more raw and different. Before. It's more experimental. It's more experimental, but it's... it's it's Production-wise, it's super clean. Production-wise, yeah. it's super clean. This album is like the least... Well, um, Westing is much less clean. It's hard to even count that. That sounds, That's yeah. more like a bunch of B-sides, but... But yeah, this is just their earliest album, and it and it really just retains some of that fresh creativity. It sure does, and you they, know they never they never did anything like this again. No, no, this album stands alone. I mean, I personally have probably realistically listened to this song over a thousand times. Uh, not song, this album over a thousand times. The the only um, thing that was close to an album that came came close to this was uh, Wari Domestic. Right, which we'll cover on another which like we'll EP cover, episode. I think we'll do like a double EP episode right. or something. That was an EP that came between this and uh, Crooked Rain, Crooked, Crooked Rain, Rain, which to me has their some of their best output ever in the world. That that EP rather uh, watery domestic. Art. But this album, I, I've front to back to me, just is a masterpiece that it's it's just out of time. It's, it's, it's out of time. It's just the newest, most raw pavement there will ever be. It's right. it's just pavement. And for you. This is a piece of ancient history in a way, man. Well, I mean, this album is old. It's, it's 92. It's it, it's like, it's it's much older than me. How old, much older is it? It is, it's 12 years older than me. Yep. Um, but it, it's not that, it's like, I get I get it's older than me, but it's not like the ancient history. No, it's true. it's it's true. It's not like the 60s era music, which... Man, I'd love to cover sixty stuff, but we couldn't really because no. indie music was not really it's not around indie music back then. anymore. That yeah. has to be a separate podcast. Well, it brings me an indescribable feeling of joy to get to geek out on this album with you. Yeah, because I have never been able to do that with anybody. I think that's life. what this podcast is going to be. Just it's <laughs> bit of like giving me some sort of output for because I can't talk about this with any of my friends. That's right. And so it's my only really. Output for talking about indie music. I consider myself completely lucky that I have a son that will geek out on me with music and that I don't have to yell at him about getting off my lawn with his damn mumblecore hip-hop rap. Oh, God. So, thank God for small favors and big favors. I wonder if we'll ever do, like, a episode that just hates on We are never, ever going to do a mumblecore SoundCloud no, rap no, no, episode. No, no. Ever, never, never, ever, never, 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 never. Which means it's going to be the next episode, probably. It, it won't. It won't. It Don't won't. worry. Don't worry. Don't tune out. Well, so... We want to thank you all, yeah, right? And it, it, if you're out there, we don't know who's listening. The if I, you're listening, thank you. The listening. irony is, my hope is that this podcast is going to get better and better and better. The yeah. irony is that we spent what's probably going to be our worst episode, talking about one of the best albums. So hopefully the album can stand on its own. And if you have never listened to this album before... Just do it. Just do it. It's on SoundCloud. Uh, you'll no, probably find... It not SoundCloud, sorry. On uh, Spotify. Spotify. You can find it on YouTube. Just like search right? Slant on your channel and listen to it. Yep. It's well worth it. It's a, It really is historic. It's a historic album. And it's just a great album. It's a great listen. It's a fun listen. That's right. It makes you happy. I agree. I agree. So... So... Goodbye. With, Thank you for listening. That's right. I'm yeah, one of your hosts, Parker. I just realized we didn't say our names. Should we? Yeah. Or should we just be dad and son? Hmm. Uh, you'll find out in the next episode. That's right. <laughs> Goodbye. And maybe we'll have outro music. I think we will. So enjoy it and uh, have a great day. Yeah.